welcome to The Straw Hat with Rabbi David Wolkenfeld and Rabbinate Goldie Guy. We are the official podcast of Anshe Shalom B'nai Israel Congregation, an Orthodox synagogue in the Lakeview neighborhood of Chicago, Illinois. So I want to extend a very, very special welcome to Rabbinate Goldie Guy. Uh, welcome to Anshe Shalom, to our congregation as our new director of religious engagement. And welcome to the Straw Hat podcast. Uh, I am really excited to have you uh, as a colleague in the shul and also as as a uh, co-host for this podcast. Um, so double, double welcome. Uh, thank you so much, Rabbi Walkenfeld. I've just landed in Lakeview this week. And so far, so good. The lake is beautiful. Wonderful. Do you have any tricks to help you remember people's names of all the people you're meeting? I I failed miserably when I when I moved here, and I think I it took me a number of years before I made like a lot of progress towards learning people's names. And then I've discovered that when people wear face masks, I it's like impossible for me to recognize them. There's something about that part of the face which is really core to my ability to like recognize who you are, and it's been a big challenge again these last few months seeing people and like not knowing their names. I don't know if you have any tricks for that. Oh boy. Uh, well, the eyes are the windows to the soul, so I'm hoping I'm hoping that eye contact works a lot. I'm going to take vigorous notes during meetings and try to remember things about people. And I ask for uh, understanding if I have to ask again for people's names. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not afraid to ask questions and to ask again. That's good. That's good. So, so welcome to the show. Really, really... Um... Uh, thrill, thrilled uh, to have you here. I think a lot of the people listening, uh, by the time, even by the time they listen to this podcast, will probably not have had a chance to meet you in person. So, um, can you tell us briefly about yourself? We have you know, your bios on the website, and uh, many of us had a chance to meet you when you came uh, to interview in the winter. But that was, you know, that was like the before times, you know, when we still met people and like, you know, uh, did, did things like that. Um, so, 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 yeah. I guess how, how have you been? I guess since the, since the winter, have you? Um, have you held up? How did you, um, what was it like to pack up your life in New York and, and make your way here? Wow. I've certainly had some experiences I never thought I would have had since, uh, since Corona happened, uh, conducting a Seder on my own in my apartment in New York. That was very interesting and something I never thought I would ever have to do. Um, certainly coming here is a, is a nice change that I'll be, seeing people face to face a lot more, I think, uh, in socially distanced, safe ways, but. Of course, of course, that, that was implied. That was <laughs> of course, always. And I'm looking forward to that and packing up my life uh, from New York to come here. It's actually my first time living outside of New York, except for my year in Midrasha Seminary in Israel in Migdal Oz. It's my first time out of New York uh, and it's totally new. Um, that is totally new. <laughs> I was able to stream the Yankees game live. So I, I, I brought that piece of New York with me. Big Yankees fan, if uh, learning a little bit about me. <laughs> so come talk to me about baseball. That's great. That's great. You, you, and, my, uh, you and my eldest are, um, can be the Yankees representatives here in the congregation. Uh, there's some others, too. There are definitely some others, but uh, he'll be very happy to, to hear about that. Um, so that, that, that's terrific. So um, to, I know, by way of introduction to a, you know, a, Torah podcast, like what, what's a, like a go-to resource if you are, I don't know, you want to like say something about, learn something about the Parsha, you're going to speak about, you know, Torah, what, what, where, do you, where do you, what's your go-to, uh, uh, what's your, do you have a go-to like resource that's like top of your list? Yeah, so I can get a little 
Well, the, chum the Chumashim that I brought with me is actually the my set of Torah Tamima, which oh. is, uh, yeah, um, which quotes uh, different things from Chazal by, by verse. Uh, and I love that. I love like the, the Talmud's commentary on the Parsha. And that's what the Torah Tamima brings together. Just seeing where, where Chazal's mind went when they read these words. And it can obviously go very far afield, which is really fun. Um, so I love, I love this book. Uh, and to get a little meta, when I'm prepping uh, for a different Torah, I love listening to other people's Parsha podcasts. I love listening to my friend's Torah. I often post on Facebook asking for what people are thinking about, what, uh, what my colleagues have written. Uh, I like to hear my, my friends' and uh, colleagues' voices and, and bounce off of that. Uh, so when you told me you were new to podcasting, you really meant new to like broadcasting a podcast, oh, but you are a regular longtime listener to podcasts. Oh man, big, big podcast. Okay. So who can you, uh, did you mind sharing some of your, I promise I won't, you know, steal ideas from you. <laughs> um, so for the more uh, rabbinic side in me, there's obviously On Being, which is a great podcast with Krista Tippett on spiritual okay. matters and deep conversations with all different kinds of very, very intriguing people uh, from all different walks of life. Very, very, uh, that was a lot. That was a key Friday pre Shabbos preparation listening for me for a long time on being. She used to have a radio show at NPR. I used to listen to that when I lived in New York a uh, long time ago. She, she was very, very profound, deep interviews. Um, yeah, that's great. Um, and NPR in general. <laughs> on the sillier side, uh, I'm a big uh, Gilmore Girls fan. I have a little bit of a TV obsession and like old TV series, comedies. And I, uh, I love this, this uh, podcast called Gilmore Guys, which is two guys commenting on Gilmore Girls, episode by episode. It's not like a, a, a very popular podcast in the, in the broad sense of things, but that's, uh, that's my listening. That's great. Yeah, can, I, can I share with you my favorite fact about the, um, the Tartamima? Sure. I think he was a banker by profession. So he is one of like that, that list of people who did not work professionally as a rabbi or as an educator, but still wrote like important svarim and contributed to Torah scholarship in, in meaningful ways. Uh, and uh, I, I was told he wrote Torah Tamima to give people something they could read in shul so they wouldn't be talking. So he oh, went, you know, collected like his favorite words of, of the rabbis verse by verse, you know, and then with his own commentary, right? So that people could have, they could like listen to the Torah portion and they wouldn't be tempted to talk. So that, that that's, I think I was told is why he wrote that book. It's, it's a great, uh, so that's fun. And I, I, I own a set and I, I don't use it more as much as I should. So uh, that's a great, um, uh, great, great resource. Talking in Shul, that's another great podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 it is, it is. I mean, right, Talking in Shul, you should clarify. Talking in Shul, the activity is really not great, but the, uh, the podcast is good. Uh. Yeah, actually the, the podcast that I listened to as inspiration for, for the Dvar Torah that I prepared for this podcast was uh, Parshanu by Rabbi David Kasher, if oh. you're familiar. He was a classmate of mine at, uh, at Chovei Torah a long time ago, so I, uh, I knew, you know, I, I've, I've not kept as much in touch with him as I should or would like, but he's a very, very interesting person and has been for a very long time. And that's great. Yeah. So what, do you got, what, what idea did he spark in you? So uh, I was thinking a little bit about this Parsha and heard this uh, reference on the Parsha New Podcast with David Kasher. So our Parsha this week is Parshat Re'eh, uh, which is a call to attention. Uh, it's the word, it's a word that means look over here, look. 
see uh, a little closer. So the psukim and dvarim perikid aleph kafav to kafzayin, the psukim say, look, re'eh, I place before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing if you listen to the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today, and the curse if you don't, etc., etc. So the question that arises from these psukim is, well, haven't there been blessings and curses that the people have experienced up to this point in their lives? Like, what are these outstanding blessings and curses that are being introduced now? Like, what has changed? Um, so the commentator, the Nativ, Rabbi Natali Tzviyud of Berlin, uh, explains that the emphasis here is that the blessings and curses are being, quote, placed before you today. Meaning it's that it's introducing and saying, yes, there are blessings and curses, but what's new is that blessings and curses are now going to be consequences of your actions, right? These outcomes depend on your actions. From the moment that God says, God is placing before you blessing and curse, God is communicating that the people have to assume some more responsibility at this point. Uh, for their actions and the consequences that they bring. If you make good choices, you have blessing. If you make less good choices, then you have the curses. So then back to that word re'e, what exactly are the people being directed to look at? Why use the word re'e when you're talking about, well, look at the consequences of your actions. And that brings us to Rashi. Rashi connects this word re'e with another biblical mention, uh, uh, biblical character's insight. A moment of insight. So right after the Parsha's introduction about blessings and curses, the Torah says that once we are settled in the land and have been, uh, all of our enemies have been defeated, then we should only worship God in, quote, the place that God will choose to establish God's name, a.k.a. the Beit HaMikdash, Hamakom Asher Yivchar, the place that God chooses. So Rashi says, this means that we're supposed to build the, the Beit HaMikdash in Yerushalayim, in Jerusalem. And Rashi continues and alludes to a story with David HaMelech. Says Rashi, that's why it says with David, quote, and so it was when the king was settled, like in our Pasuk, in the king's house, and God had granted David safety from all of his enemies, that David HaMelech says to Natana Navi, Nathan the prophet, look, Re'eh, I sit in the house in a house of cedarwood, while the Ark of God sits in a tent. So this moment where David's re'e moment is when he's awakening to the fact that there's some inequity here, there's some imbalance. Right? I'm sitting in this fancy palace of my own, and there is no Beta Mikdash. There's no home for, for the Ark of the Covenant, for, for God's Torah. Uh, so these psukim from the book of Shuel describe this moment of inspiration. And it recalls our psukim and zvarim, right? Our psukim and zvarim that say, when you are settled, when you have no enemies, just like in David's time, then you should build the Beit HaMikdash. So there are all these linguistic connections back to our Parsha. David sees that he's living in the times described in the book of Dvarim, back in our Parsha, Parshat Re'eh. So David exclaims using the same word Re'eh, look, we're living in that reality. We are now in that time of the bracha of blessing. So, so I wanted to offer a blessing uh, from this moment of inspiration, connecting from our Parsha Re'eh to David's moment of Re'eh, look at what needs to be done, that may we recognize the blessing in the moment 
in the moment that we're living. Uh, maybe always look like David to the Torah for guidance on what to do next. And may we be blessed with that tuning in to be able to tune in with what the Torah it wants us to do, to be able to tune in with the reality of the world around us and the blessing that's found there, uh, to find guidance from our sacred text and to have vision for what could be up ahead. Wow. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. That's really uh, very thought-provoking and really very, um, very sweet, sweet message. Um, can I, I want to ask you about it to make sure I understand, understand you. Um, that's to help me process the ideas. Um, which, which used to be like, I guess, I don't know, before I worked at a show, my favorite thing to do would be to like reconstruct what the rabbi said, <laughs> you know, and then he said this, and then, you know, this was good. So the Nitziv is saying, A, that that opening uh, command or, or an act statement in this week's part, in Parsha Re'e, is, is a statement, it's like a command to like take stock of, the, of what's happening or, or draw consequences from your actions or or, or there's, um, there will be consequences of your insight right now. Is that, is that, Ah, so that's, I think, more of the point brought out by Rashi. When right, brought- so, what, so, sorry, so, let me, so, so walk me through it again. So what, what's the Nitziv's, um, what, what, what is he, what, what's his, that layer of the of understanding? The Nitziv's implied question is, what's new about these blessings and curses, right? Haven't the people been living life and in life? There are blessings and curses. There are times of good and there are times of bad. Okay. Uh, so what is it that the Parsha is, is telling us? Ray, look, I'm, I'm, when God says, look, I'm placing before you a blessing and a curse. So we're being launched into this world where our actions will have consequences. Exactly. So then Atif is saying it's a moment where God is putting the responsibility upon us and saying, now the blessing and curse is on you, the people, very, right? Very nice. And then and then based on Rafi, you, you are suggesting that it was David HaMelech who, who like heard that lesson in a particularly important way when he... Yeah. Noted, right, this this lack in his world and took action to respond. Yeah, that's the Re'e connection is that uh, those two words, there are a few linguistic connections between David Melech and back to Araparsha. Araparsha says when you're in the land and you're settled and there's peace from all your enemies, that's the time of blessing. And that's when you should worship in the place where God chooses. Oh, very nice. Very, uh, all, uh, lovely. Love, great. Uh, uh, very nice. Okay, good. Thank, thank you for sharing that idea. And then thank you for then explaining it to me. Uh, sure. second time. <laughs> thank you. Uh, that's really great. So um, that's a wonderful thing we can think about as uh, we hear Parsha A <clears throat> this week. Uh, I, I guess those who are listening, you know, we, we now, and and for you, Ravini Goldie, who are just here in our shul, uh, so your first Shabbat here, you have a, yes, you can choose uh, to, you know, which of our um, Shabbat tefillot to attend. We've been having now two tefillot uh, on Shabbat morning, one beginning at 7.45, one beginning at 9.15. They're both distance and mask and outdoors and spaced and, and fairly lovely when the weather's cooperative, which it often is and I hope will be this week. Um, and uh, it, it's, um, you know, it's both a, a, a small echo of, of how Shul was, you know, when, when you visited in the winter, but it's also, you know, so much more togetherness and you know, um, community and like strength from seeing one another and praying together so much more than what we had to endure for, for so many weeks. So I'm very much looking forward to my first Shabbat fully in Lakeview. That, that, that's, that's awesome. Awesome. The Shabbat also is Shabbat Mevorchim. It's the Shabbat prior to Rosh Chodesh. And so, uh, the month of Elul begins, which is, it's terrifying. <laughs> it's uh, I, I think I think Rabbi Yisrael Salanter said to his the great Musser teacher who 
you know, taught, um, led a movement of ethical introspection amongst the Lithuanian yeshivas about 100 and some years ago. Uh, he, he said that you should live your whole year as though it were Elul. Mm. And Elul is Elul, he said. Uh, so That's so intense. Right? A little terrifying, right? It's a scary time. It's a scary time for people who work at synagogues because uh, it, it's just, it's, is the holiday season, you know, is launched in, you know, with Elul as we prepare for Rosh Hashanah and, and all of the busyness and intensity, you know, just on, on a professional level and a busyness level for people who work in synagogues. So that's one piece of the terror of Elul coming, but also it's a, um, it can be a frightening time. Like the days of awe are, are like, you know, at least in its original context, awe is um, like, yamim hanoraim, like these are frightening days. These are days of judgment and introspection. And that's a, those are both really scary things to contemplate. So, so there's a, there's a fear that I, that I feel, uh, that's not the only way to think about Elul, you know, there, it's also, um, you know, the, uh, there's some acronyms for Elul that are like popular. People talk about and write about one is, um, I am of my beloved and beloved is mine. That Elul is a time of, of intimacy between humanity and God. And, and that is, um, like an opportunity that this season affords us, which yeah. is uh, maybe a little, little less frightening. That's definitely how I prefer to approach Elul. Um, and I think I think that's the flip side of, of judgment, of standing in judgment before God, that it's a moment when God is taking a real look and saying, I, I want to I see you. I want to know you. I want to know what you've been through. I want to know where you want to go, um, how you want to grow. Uh, that's the that's the approach that I like to take to Elul. And I remember in uh, in yeshiva uh, when I that was my mo- one of my most intense Elul memories was spending Elul in Migdalos. And uh, when we did slichot, uh, and we would stay up late, and it was a <laughs> they were very late. It was always at night. Um, and right after slichot, there'd be like an hour of dancing, uh, which always was a really juxtaposition of people crying and begging God for a good judgment and it would always erupt into this joyous dancing and that uh, juxtaposition that struck me it was very very strange but I've been uh, carrying that with me since then and I right right now I see it as a really as that as that flip side as that intimacy the joy of, of, of being seen by God and with God in that in the moment of judgment wow yeah uh, the, um uh, that's that's really nice. That's really really nice. And another another Rashi Teva, another acronym that I've heard uh, people discuss in Meshel is Ish uh, Lereihu Matanot Le'Avionim, one to his fellow and and you know, gifts gifts to one another and 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 also for the poor. It's from the end of Megillah Esther, describing Mishlach Manot and Matanot Le'Avionim, those those interpersonal mitzvot of Purim. And that's also Rashi Teva of Elul, and that speaks to the holiday season as a time of community solidarity and caring for one another and uh, making sure that people have food to eat and they, that everyone else, the entire community can have a festive experience as they go through the holidays. And that's also a very resonant um, t- like element of, 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 the, of the holiday. I think that that's what I'm, that, that's the, the facet of Elul and the holiday season that I'm most like concerned about this year. Like I want to make sure we do it well as a community and do it right because uh, you could, you could, sit in a room by yourself and, you know, feel close to God. Like it helps if you're, I don't know, in Migdalos with like 300 other young women singing and dancing, or, you know, it helps if you're in a shul with hundreds of people yeah. you know, singing and, you know, or, or, you know, but 
you, you can sit by, fundamentally, you can talk to God in a room by yourself, right? And uh, experience that judgment and experience that intimacy. But uh, it's, it's really, really hard to make sure that everyone in the community feels cared for and has their needs met when we can't host guests in our home and when we aren't safely able to gather in large numbers and, and be close together. So uh, that's Absolutely. Uh, something I'm thinking about and like in a very pragmatic way I'm thinking about because I, I, it's such, such an important part of what this season is supposed to be about. Absolutely. So thank you, Rabini Goldie, for joining the shul and for joining our podcast. I look forward to learning with you and learning from you and uh, and, and talking about many, many, many other things in future episodes of the Straw Hat and in many, many other venues uh, in our community. Thanks so much. I'm so happy to be here.